You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. Objects don't just move on their own. There's something else at work. This world is a strange one. When you're in the house alone and the footsteps start coming from the attic, you better hope it's just a thief and not the lost soul of an angry spirit coming back for vengeance. I mean, I think I'd rather be some obvious victim of a break-in instead of the next mysterious disappearance or unexplainable, gruesome death. Luckily, I've never lived in a haunted house, but the following submitters of these six poltergeist stories have lived through the hell for us and lived to tell the tale. Shall we begin? Whoa, 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 guys. I'm short a few stories on my next video on creepy clowns. So if you've got a horrifying story about an experience with clowns, don't forget to send it to me. Thanks. Okay, now we can begin. Number one. My mom blamed it on my reading Goosebumps. Submitted by Pompeii. I don't know if this is really scary to other people, but it sure as hell scared me. Anyway, I was almost 12 when The X-Files, the original series, was at the height of its popularity, so naturally my friends and I were all into supernatural stuff. Maybe that's what started everything, or maybe it was just a timing coincidence. I still don't know, but I don't suppose it really matters. What matters is that this really happened. It started in the littlest, stupidest way. It was the morning after a sleepover at my best friend's house. I was eating breakfast with her family. It was cereal, juice, and milk, and suddenly the milk cap went flying off of the milk jug that was sitting on the table. It didn't fly across the room or anything, it just went off with a little pop and landed on the table. 
We all kind of laughed about how weird that was, and my friend's mom said something about how it must have been the air in the jug equalizing pressure. And I agreed, but even at the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's not like milk is carbonated like soda. The next time something weird happened was a couple weeks after that. And again, it was something small and rather stupid. The upstairs toilet started flushing by itself. At first, I didn't even notice. I just figured it was some other family member, since I have three brothers plus my parents living with me. But then it happened when I was home alone, and I realized what was going on. Of course, my parents brushed it off. But then it started happening when we were all together, at supper, during movie night. My parents decided that there was something faulty with the flushing mechanism, and after my dad unsuccessfully messed around with the workings, they finally replaced it. And that's when things got really scary. The definition of poltergeist pretty much means noisy ghost. And yes, it definitely lived up to its name. I started hearing knocks on my wall at night. I would have blamed one of my brothers, except the knocks came from the wall that faced the street, and my room was on the second floor. And that means I was easily 20 feet up. My parents said it was probably just the house settling, or maybe some nighttime creatures thumping against the house. Which is possible, except that after a couple of weeks, the knocks started coming from the ceiling. Then they went to my closet, and then on the footboard of my bed. Then my doors, the one to my closet and the one to my room, started slowly opening and closing on their own. And this is where it gets kind of ridiculous. My mom easily blamed the wind. Again, this would have been possible except that it happened when none of the windows were open. So what wind? Also, I doubt the wind would have responded to my tremulous, trying-to-be-polite request that whoever's there, please, could you stop, please? For the record, it did stop for two minutes, and then it started up again, except even faster. I finally couldn't take it anymore. I hadn't been able to sleep well in weeks, and the constant fear was distracting me from my schoolwork. I broke down in tears and told my mom what I thought was going on. Not only did she not believe me, big surprise, she said that I was no longer allowed to read any more ghost stories. Not even the then-popular Goosebumps series, because obviously they make my imagination run away from me. I highly doubted not reading about poltergeists would stop the actual poltergeist, but I agreed. And I was right. The knocking and the door swinging open, it, it didn't stop. Even that stupid toilet would flush all by itself every once in a while. This went on for a whole year. The grand finale was one night in the late summer before I started the seventh grade. There was the usual knocking and the door swinging. I was almost used to that by now. But then my dresser started almost vibrating, like someone or something was jiggling it back and forth. Then, with a mighty crash, it tipped forward and smashed onto the floor. My jewelry box went flying. My little glass figurine shattered into hundreds of shards. My scented candle crumbled. I screamed. The first time I can ever remember screaming in the middle of the night, even when I was a little kid. My parents and even my brothers came running to my room. I told them the dresser had just fallen over, and they accepted it, although my parents had the floor checked for warping. I had to get a new dresser since the old one was cracked from the impact, and my dad rigged up something to bolt it to the wall so that it couldn't fall over anymore. <sighs> and that was the end of it. I don't know why it started, I don't know why it stopped, and this story was probably only scary to me, but I swear to God it happened. And if it wasn't a poltergeist, 
I don't know what the hell it was. Number 2. Poltergeist Encounter Submitted by Big Game Hunter So, a while back, my brother was trying to find work. My brother found a job offer from one of his old friends. His friend's name was Jubal, and my brother's name was Jake. So, Jubal was a contractor and would work on houses so then he could turn around and sell them. Anyway, Jubal and my brother found a job on an old, creepy house. It looked okay on the outside, but what was on the inside was horrifying. So they started to work on it, and at one point, Jubal went to get more tools for the job. Five minutes later, my brother heard someone talking upstairs. So then he called for Jubal, but no one answered. Ten minutes later, finally, Jubal returned, and Jake told him about what happened. So the next day, they were going to leave the house for their lunch break, and when they left the house, it was around 80 degrees. But when they came back, the house was freezing cold. My brother joked with Jubal and said that they woke up the poltergeist. Then Jake came home from work one day and told me that I was going to go to work with him the next day. Since the house was close to my school, I just walked there after school. As soon as I walked in, there was just this really eerie feeling. So we were just doing some normal work. And then one of Jubal's friends, we'll call him Rusty, stopped by. All of them headed upstairs and Jubal told me to sweep up one room that we were working on. As soon as they were upstairs, the basement went dead silent. So then all of a sudden, some boards that were leaning against the wall just fell over. I picked them up and swept up as fast as possible because I didn't want to be down there any longer. So about three days later, my brother Jake comes home from work again and told me that they were working on one of the closets upstairs and they found some weird writing on the studs behind the drywall. The writing that they found just said 666. Number three, Poltergeist in Albion, submitted by Bear Pig Nation. This story has two sightings in it, both I'm severely scared of. I'm now 14 and I live in a small township in Pennsylvania called Springfield. Now my family owns four acres of land and most not fenced in, a pain in the ass to push mow, but we have a lot of property about 10 acres of woods behind our fence. My family are Irish folks. We live in an urban area and just yesterday someone just died in front of my house. Now getting to the actual story, my sister goes to a school far away from mine and my mom is a nurse and my dad is in the military. So I'm often home alone. My house itself is about 130 years old and we have a dog and three cats. One day I came home from school and thought I'd take a nap after eating some Greek yogurt. So I sat on my kitchen floor with my backpack still on, eating some yogurt. I got up and realized my dogs didn't bark when I walked in the house like they normally do, so I went to go check on them to let them outside. I walked into the living room and slowly opened the door to see all of them in the same corner of the room, whimpering and scared for their lives. I was extremely confused, and honestly I was scared because nothing ever scared my dogs like that. Now these are big dogs and could kill a person if they broke into the house, I'm sure. I decided to let it go and let them outside. I had to drag them outside because they just wouldn't move. When they got outside, they all dashed to the back corner of the property, just staring at the house. I left the room and opened the garage door to go to the laundry. Now my garage is dark and has a concrete floor. 
picture it as a creepy dark room and that's pretty much it. I went to the laundry room and turned on some music, but my phone instantly died. I was pissed but confused because the last time I checked, it was at 50% and that was only 5 minutes ago. I finished the laundry and I was up to the living room door, but before I could turn the knob, I heard footsteps. Not just any footsteps, it sounded like someone was stomping. I put my ear up to the door and listened. They got closer and closer to the door I was at, until it hit the door and the noise just evaporated. Scared as hell, I opened the door and ran to the other room. I looked back to see a dark, tall figure staring back at me. I'm a pretty tall dude myself, I'm six feet tall and this thing was definitely, was easily taller than me, maybe seven or eight feet tall. I freaked out and dropped the laundry and ran. That was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had. The other was when I was asleep and I woke up around one in the morning. I sat up in my bed, disoriented a little from just waking up and instantly I was pushed down to my bed. I could feel someone's hands pushing down on my chest and on my neck, but no one was there. Then I could see a transparent figure towering over me. I tried to breathe, but I couldn't, and for two minutes, which seemed like an eternity, I tried to scream, but I couldn't say a word. After every little bit of air that left me, I could feel my body getting more limp. The ghoul-like hands evaporated into thin air and I jumped out of bed and ran to the bathroom I locked the door and looked in the mirror. I had two large red imprints on my throat, shaped perfectly like hands. I sat with my dogs the rest of the night, all of us in the corner waiting to die. It sounds like some cheesy horror movie, but I lived it, and by God it was the scariest thing I've ever been through. I honestly thought I was going to die. I still live in the same house, and every night something new happens. One night, I had a can of fish food go flying across the room and hit me to someone pushing me down the stairs. Thank you all for listening, and always know that wherever you are, you might not be safe, not even in your own home. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 4. Birthday Party Poltergeist Submitted by Mia Rose When I was around 5 or 6 years old, 
My family tended to host multiple birthday parties for different groups of people at different places. One of these parties, a female friends-only party in the woods near my house, had several extremely weird occurrences happen. Now I love the forest, and I constantly went on hikes and animal watch with my parents. Yet, never before this did I fear those woods until my sixth birthday party. The party was set in a pretty little clearing. There were tables and even a small bouncy house set up. My mother even got a friend to dress up as Jack Sparrow, do some pretty good impressions for the party. Because at the time, I was in love with the Pirates of the Caribbean. So, the other kids and myself were running about foolishly, playing freeze tag or something of the sort. I was getting creeped out, because whenever I said anything, loud crackling would come over my voice from the tree line. I thought it was my friend, and for privacy reasons, we'll call her Taylor. She liked to play pranks on me, so I went and told my mom about the crackling and who I thought it was. She just said I should keep playing until it was present time. We found that the presents had been hidden around like an Easter egg hunt, only the adults didn't do it. After all the presents had been found and opened, it was cake time. While I was just eating, I wanted to go get a drink, so I left. And when I returned, my little plastic fork was gone. So I went to go get another. And when I came back, my fork was there, so I put the other away. That was weird. I had just looked there and the fork wasn't there. Anyway, when I came back from putting the other fork away that I didn't need anymore, my original fork was gone again. Once again, I suspected Taylor was pranking me, and then I accused her of it. She denied and said my fork kept sliding off and back onto the table. That didn't make any sense. I checked my chair and sure enough, there it was. Extremely confused, I apologized to Taylor and resumed eating. Nothing else really happened the rest of the day except one thing. One of my Barbie dolls from my room, one that I didn't play with outside, ended up in the bushes. The thing is, I hadn't seen anyone go into my room that day, and I didn't see anyone in that particular area in the woods. I think these experiences were more confusing than they were terrifying. Number 5. The Plague House Submitted by Fight for the Fright I've always been a staunch believer in the paranormal, but even I can separate fact from fiction. Ever since my mother and I moved into our new house in a semi-ghetto neighborhood, by which I mean one block is upscale and the next varying degrees of rundown, we've gotten every pest from bugs to rodents. My mother seems to take it all in stride, leaving me to deal with the infestations on my own. Well, all was pretty manageable until the mice started showing up. I would feel my bed moving around at night, wondering if they were crawling down below me. So I would slip the covers under my feet and wrap up cocoon-like so nothing could get to me. My anxiety began to grow as it happened every night, and we caught the little things in small white traps. It got to the point where we had no choice but to spend more of our money on what is essentially a house that didn't pass inspection. The feeling of my bed moving continued for months until one night. After having gotten down and looking under, I determined there were no signs of mice or anything there at all. There was no signs of gnawing, scratches, anything. Nothing that would indicate that the treatments weren't working. Lying down, I commanded in the name of God for whatever it was to leave me alone. And with that, the bed stopped squirming. It stopped moving. I grabbed my small head pillow and went to sleep. A few nights later, with great relief that my bed no longer shook, and with the added protection of a metal rosary over my bed, I awoke to the feeling of someone or something standing over me. 
awake, unafraid but definitely startled. I looked over my shoulder to see nothing. I tried rationalizing this when I saw the pillow in my arms begin to be pressed down. Keep in mind, I was wide awake. I was not paralyzed. I was not afraid. This was real life, and there was no transition to a fully aware state of mind. I was already there. The pillow pushed down as if a hand lay on it, so it could free up my arms for something more, or because it was curious. Furious, I grabbed my pillow and yelled for the invisible force to leave. I shouted in the name of God and fiercely banished whatever it was. Like a rush of sentient wind, it swept away and out of my closed window. I laid back down and a little bewildered. I finally went back to sleep. Though I still get the occasional pests, I have never felt my bed move again. And thankfully, nothing else has happened. I feel a little guilty that I drove out the very thing I was always interested in, the paranormal. But some things are best left to TV or the imagination. And number six, Ghost of a Special Person, submitted by 2002 Archer. As I'm typing this, the events I'll be talking about happened three months ago and about a week and a half ago, respectively. As a bit of background information, I'm almost 14 years old and I'm a guy. I currently live in a house with my family and ours is the first family or anybody to live in this house, which makes the story that much more chilling. In my family, I have a brother, my mother, my father, and our family German Shepherd. And occasionally, my sister is in the house. But when these events took place, she was not in the house. The first of these very strange events happened close to the middle of June in 2016, one night around 11.10 p.m. I was in my bedroom, and in my room between my bed and the wall, there's about one inch of space. And in a clear-as-day voice, I heard a voice I recognized say my name from right behind me almost in my ear. For me, the scariest part about this voice was the fact that it was the voice of my first ever friend, who I met 10 years ago in kindergarten, but who I also moved away from about three months later. So I didn't get to know her that well. When I heard something saying my name, I sat up instantly like a bow when the string is released. I looked around me in the darkness of my room and saw absolutely nothing. But that wasn't nearly the creepiest part. That was to come the next night. The next night, when I was in bed again, around the same time, I heard the same voice from the same place say something. I've forgotten what she said, but I set up like I did the night before, and I whispered a few questions. I couldn't talk very loud, because my parents were sleeping only about 10 yards away in their room, and I asked, where do you live? And what I heard next was the scariest, yet most comforting thing I'd ever heard in my life, and the response I got came from my closet which is about six or seven yards from the foot of my bed. I heard the spirit, I heard her say in a voice that was fading away as she spoke, I live in here. Now, my mother also had an encounter of her own that told me that I was not crazy. As of writing this, it happened only about a week or two ago. My dad usually leaves for work at about four in the morning to beat rush hour traffic, and my mom at about five in the morning. She saw this silhouette standing in the six-foot-long hallway between the master bedroom and the master bathroom. She asked it. She asked it, and I believe she thought it was my dad. What are you still doing here? It gave no physical or vocal response. Then she nearly yelled at it, and again, still no response. That's when she decided she must be seeing things or still partially asleep, so she just went back to bed. 
and I remember I'd only told a few of my friends at school about my own encounters. The only reason I know about what happened to her is because she brought it up the next night at dinner. So, next time you hear strange noises in your house at night, don't just shrug it off. Be that person who actually straight up says, well crap, I've got a poltergeist, and run straight out of the house. Better yet, before you ever move into a new home, I hope you get an exorcist up in there before you decide to stay the night. Good night. Be sure to check out our website at darknessprevails.org to read hundreds of scary stories and to submit your own, because if you do, it might end up on this channel. Thanks.